You know, our furry four-legged friends are oftentimes the most important part of our lives for many of us. One of us being included. Pets are are fantastic. And obviously traveling with pets is a a really great way to increase potentially your overall enjoyment and your overall, I guess, reward for being a traveler. We're going to talk about traveling with a pet on this week's edition of Travel Evolved. I think it's one of those most commonly asked questions by new traveler, even kind of newish travelers alike. Traveling with a pet on this week's edition of Travel Evolved. It's Travel Evolved. I am Mark Holloway. Welcome to the episode. Still obviously in Florida. Um, Had to have some stuff shipped down because I ended up staying down here longer than I anticipated. So as you you guys may remember, I recorded a ton of episodes back in Colorado uh, before I left to come down here to work out of this beautiful state. And uh, it turns out it's stuck around a little longer. It's been working out pretty well. So I had to have this stuff all sent down to me here in beautiful, lovely Florida. And uh, so, anyway, now that I'm out here, I'm like, why haven't done this before? However, I don't know if this is picking up a ton of wind. I don't know if the lawnmowers and air conditionings and all the different things are making noise. But come on, couldn't couldn't resist this uh, this view out here today. So anyway, kind of a light episode today. I say light. I I, I mean. It's not one of those meaty, heady episodes. It's not where we're sitting there, you know, talking about a lot of different things, but that, that we have been talking about. And I thought it'd be a perfect time to discuss one of the most asked questions or frequently asked questions about traveling for people that just have never experienced it or, uh, I guess, just kind of ask in general, and that is traveling with a pet. It's a fantastic, um, I guess, avenue and way, way to kind of go about some things. I bet you this is picking up all kinds of... Of, of noise. I'm going to pause <laughs> and I'm going to put on a, a buffer. Hang tight. Okay, we're back. Sorry, we had to add this buffer. I, I don't know if it's going to help or not, but I, there's a lot of wind out here, so we'll see. Anyway, traveling with a pet is, like I say, it's one of the most commonly asked questions that you get, whether it's on Facebook or just as a new recruiter, you get asked this a ton of times. And it's, again, we want to dedicate a whole episode to it because we thought it was important because it's asked that frequently. And there definitely is a lot to think about when you consider whether or not you're going to travel with a pet or if it's something that makes sense to you and I think it's so individualized Um, but anyway at at the end of the day it is like I say probably one of the most commonly asked questions by brand new travelers out there what does that mean what does that look like it's an absolute commitment I can tell you that if you're taking a pet on the road and I have I'm going to again it's a lifestyle change. Uh, in other words, for those people that are really, uh, really pet people and dog people like I am, for example, 
when you take your pet with you, it is a commitment to not only that you're going to become, you know, do great at your job, but now you've got a life at home or lives at home that are kind of depending upon you to, uh, you know, I guess, take care of them too, which means the commitment level that you have to make to a to a cat or a dog, for example, is going to be substantial. It's something you really have to consider and ponder before you decide whether or not you're going to, you know, go out and, and become a traveling healthcare professional with a pet, right? So um, it's just a really common question, and I think it's one that we have to address. So first and foremost, I'm a big fan of traveling with pets. I just, I'll say it right now. I think there adds so much to the, to the overall assignment. I think that you almost can't go wrong, provided some of the things that we're going to talk about here today. When we talk about traveling and becoming a happy traveler and becoming an evolved, evolved traveler, this is kind of part of it. In other words, these are the things that I think can add immensely to your overall enjoyment of being a traveler. And I'm not saying rush out and go get a cat or go get a dog. That's not at all what I'm saying. I'm saying if you have one, don't not consider being a traveler. If you've been leaving one at home, I'm going to go over some reasons why you can, should continue to do so on that today. But if you are leaving a pet at home, there could be a huge amount of benefit by taking that pet cat or dog again we're talking cats and dogs in today's episode we're not talking lizards and iguanas and ferrets and all kinds of stuff cats and dogs um, you, you could really experience a lot more as a healthcare professional if you had your your best buddy or one of your best buddies with you or best buddies so um, like I say I those of you that have followed me and watched me and done other listen to other things I've done um, I grew up with boxers. It's the only dog I've ever owned. Literally, when I started having those, I, I was brought into a family. Uh, I was the last of four kids, and there was already boxers in my household, which back then, and it's a long time ago, nobody even knew what that breed was. Um, we're the only people I knew my entire childhood, and even into high school, that had a boxer. And now they're so common. Um, my mom and dad were I guess ahead of the game, they they knew what great breeds they were, and I'm not here to plug boxers, but man, I just when you when you get used to a certain breed of dog, I think a lot of us do. We end up kind of sticking with that breed as we get older. If you were brought up with a small dog, you brought up with a, a working dog or a huge dog, I think you kind of tend to stick with that because you know them well. And that's what happened to me. I typically have two or three boxers at one time. I just think they do well um, with more than one. I don't like it when one passes away, like happened to me this last summer. Um, where, you know, then you've got one alone and you bring a brand new puppy in. So I always kind of bring one in. I I'm, I'm actually have two. I lost my old guy uh, this summer. I had to put him down. He was like 14, which is unheard of for a boxer. He had a great long life. We rescued him. And we were lucky enough to have him for about 10 years, which is uh, remarkable. And uh, I've had two boxers like that that um, lived so long. I actually had to had the vet come to our house and, and put, put, put him down because... He just could barely, he was having seizures, and it's just not, it's not good. And I, I, I do believe that there's a point where it, I kept him around more for me than it was for the quality of his life, and it was getting to the point where it was getting dangerous for him. I didn't want him to have, long story, I won't go into it, but um, it makes me sad because he was a great guy. Great guy, Gunter, the, the, he was awesome. So anyway, I miss him a lot, um, but I do believe in, I do believe in that. A um, couple things. I hope this wind and this noise that we're experiencing outside is, is not too tough. If it is, I apologize. I may have to re-record this. Number two, um, we're going to be heading out of here, the team and I, the small team that's down here and I, we're going to be heading out here in a few weeks. We may record a couple episodes because, honestly, after I looked at this scenery, I'm like, 
what are we doing? I mean, let's enjoy this if the wind's not too bad. Uh, we are going to be heading to California relatively soon after we get to uh, the Denver office. Things are moving really well in Denver, and I, you guys know, again, with NextGen MedStaff, kind of how we have things moving. There's, there's certain areas of the country, certain offices that handle certain things. Denver's kind of on autopilot now. It's time to get out to California and, and work on some more operation stuff. Uh, Denver tends to handle more of the IT, uh, technical side, the app side, the, uh, you know, all that stuff. And California's more operations where now that we're growing immensely, it's time to start looking at, at fine-tuning some things. So I'm going to actually be heading to California in May. And I think I'm going to work out of that office predominantly for the next, uh, you know, 12, 13, 14 months out there, which is going to be exciting for me because... I've always wanted to kind of get more time out there, and so I'm very, very excited to be there more than uh, more than than not be there. And so that's good because my daughter's out there, my son's kind of on autopilot in Colorado, so way too much personal information for you guys. But I just want to let you know that we'll be doing a lot of these um, from California for a while, so we're really excited about that. We're actually going to probably film them in the uh, office there and kind of go from there. So excited about that. All right, getting back to traveling with the pets a little bit. Um, it's it's. Well, let me just jump in the episode. The companionship aspect of traveling with a pet, to me, makes just a ton of sense. I mean, you just can't deny it, especially for those of you that travel by yourself. Um, I, I can't imagine what that's like. I, I do enjoy some solitude. I do enjoy moments of time when I actually get to um, be by myself. I think that's very, very therapeutic. But I think a pet is kind of... Uh, excluded from that I don't think whether or not you have a pet or not except for the fact that we all tend to talk to our dogs and cats like they understand and hear us I think that's just kind of what humans do to kind of cope and and feel that companionship I think that's kind of beside the point I think you can still get that so that solidarity you're looking for you can still get that that um, alone but not lonely as as I've talked about before with my good friend and I think we can we can you can still have that, but still have that companionship, which I, I do think is incredibly important. Um, matter of fact, one of the things I will tell you is that I said if I'm gonna go and work out of that California office, I'm taking Maximus and, and Roxy with me. They're just they're coming because to me, there's no way I can be away from my dogs that long. They're just too big of a part of my life. And I will tell you that I'm really looking forward to the non-working time. <laughs> I guess the hours I'm sleeping. We're working a lot at Next Gen Med Staff. The times when I'm not working, I'm really looking forward to the lifestyle with having the dogs. And this is exactly what I want to talk about in this episode. There is a ton of value for me. It gets me out more. It gets me more active. If I'm constantly looking at them saying, you guys can't be cooped up in a small place here in California. I need to get you guys outside. Gets me outside. Gets me moving. Gets me exercising. But the only time that um, I'm not going to be with them is if I'm at, at a gym because I, there's not allowed. So for me, I'm extremely excited about altering my lifestyle and my habits to being more geared at those two dogs, which I think is really also going to help uh, you know, give me some nice lifestyle changes that I really want that I can't do all the time in Denver because it's too cold or it's too hot, uh, the things I'm looking forward to. So for me, traveling with my pets makes a lot of sense. I think for a lot of travelers, the exact same thing applies. When you talk about companionship, just to start with that, there's a huge part of that. I think for those of you that travel by yourself, imagine having one of your good your good buddies, your dog, your cat, dogs, cats, one of each, traveling with you on assignment. Every time you're not working, you would have companionship, which is it's just it's incredibly, you know, important. 
I do want to talk a little bit here, and I'll stop this right now and kind of talk a little bit more about some of the things you have to consider. One of the first things that I always tell a traveler who asks me, hey, you know, what's, what's the deal with, with pets? And typically travelers just ask an agency, am I allowed to take my pet? And the answer is, well, sure. Unless the facility or the agency is providing housing, and those days seem to be, you know, those sh- used to be very common in industry. It was almost all the time. Then it became where, you know, no one was doing it. Obviously, during COVID, there was a lot of facilities that were in some areas that had so little housing that facilities were, in fact, offering housing options. Those days are kind of, you know, weeding out again. So typically, this is entirely up to you, which is a great, great, I guess, answer. I just have to keep looking over here. Apologize. I can't see my my timer to know kind of how long we're going um it's a great option for you guys and one of the first things i always say to a traveler asks me is first and foremost how does your pet do on road trips so to speak it's something to consider if you've never taken your dog or your cat on a long lengthy trip you might want to think about that some dogs and cats do not do very well in a car for a long period of time which might mean you have to make a lot of frequent stops or potentially better yet you might actually have to consider looking at a closer assignment to home which means a few hours or you know maybe one day drive you could break up into one or two Um, I've got two dogs that I have no idea how they're going to do in a car so when I do head to California I'm going to plan on making it be my leisure so I can take as many time as much time as I need to should I run into an issue where they aren't doing very, very well. I'm going to definitely make sure I've got things all laid out for them. Um, I've got it all planned out, so they're going to have plenty of room, plenty of space to take naps, other dog beds with them. It's going to be perfect for them. However, it is something to consider. If you have an animal that doesn't do well, then eh, you know that could be a problem. The same thing goes, and I think more importantly, to consider the second question I always ask travelers is, how does your pet do on their own and alone? And everybody's first answer is, oh, they're great, no problems, it's perfect. They love being alone, whether you do a kennel or a crate or you don't. Everyone's first answer is they're perfect, they're wonderfully behaved, they never have a problem. And my, I guess my knee-jerk reaction is, are you sure? Do you know that for a fact? Are you 100% sure that they're perfectly okay with being at home? And I'll go into some details what I'm talking about here in a little while, but it is a, it's an important question to ask. Are they going to be better off and is it more humane or more of a better life for them if in fact they were to be left at home if you've got a spouse or a a significant other or family members that are watching your pet when you're not there and you're traveling is that a better solution for the pet that's the first thing i think you should ask yourself what's best for my cat or my dog in my situation (laughs) i know being with me is better because they're going to have the best time of their lives out there. I mean, there's a dog beach where they go and they just run around and play with their dogs. I mean, they're going to come back with their tongues hanging down to their 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 little paws because they're just going to go nuts out there. It's 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 to me to be able to offer that kind of a quality and that kind of a lifestyle to a dog that's never experienced that. I'm really looking forward to that. So for me, it's a no-brainer. I absolutely know that being able to go everywhere on a leash with me whether I'm walking down Main Street, I'm going toward the beach, can't go to a lot of the beaches, but there is specifically a dog beach and some of those areas, to, to literally be with them all the time, I think is going to be a quality improvement. Back in Colorado, they've got a full run of a huge backyard. They've got a dog door, so they don't have any, they can go out and they've got a, got a big backyard, so they've got a full run of the house, full run of the backyard. That's wonderful and great, but I think my dog's quality of life is going to be elevated. At least I, I want to be able to offer that to him, see how it works out. 
you really got to think about this. And it's hard sometimes because your heart says, I want my dogs with me. I want my dogs with me. But you have to think, or your cats always say dogs. You have to kind of think about, is it best for my pet? And that's the first question you really should be asking yourself. What is best for my pet? And if it's for you, great, we'll continue. If not, <laughs> leave them at home. You guys do spend a lot of time at the facility. So for those of you that are working five shifts a week, or maybe you've got a guarantee 48 hours, that's another thing to consider. Maybe this assignment, because I'm going to a place that's maybe working on eights, and I usually am used to working on twelves, or I'm being offered a guaranteed 48, maybe this won't be the right fit for my pet this time, because in fact I am going to be away from them for a longer period of time. And I don't want to be stressed and worried and what's going on back at the Airbnb or my apartment uh, where I'm staying. Are, they, are things okay there? Uh, it's it's just an important consideration. So, you know, it is it is something to consider how your pet does being away from you while on the road. If that all makes sense. So, let's also talk a little bit here about the different. <laughs> well, fundamentally, one of the things, and I can't, I'm sorry, I'm all over the place. There's so many noises. I'm so distracted here. But maybe this is <laughs> such a good place to record. Planes, helicopters, wind, beeping trucks, lawnmowers. This is why I don't record outside in California, but I just couldn't resist. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the overall housing quality. When you travel with a pet, there's no doubt about it. Your choices are absolutely going to be more limited than if you would not be traveling with a pet. That's the, that's the way it goes down to it. They be, your, your options become less, let's just say. Brand new housing, if you're looking at Airbnbs, I know this for a fact, I know this from experience. I've had plenty of places where I've looked at to, you know, to um, travel to, to spend some time at. And when I start looking at a dog, or certainly two dogs, incredibly limiting. So I don't care where you're talking about. If you're looking at an Airbnb, if you're looking at a hotel, if you're looking at an apartment, the options become significantly less than if you don't travel with a pet. So know that. The reason why travelers ask agencies, can I travel with, the, with, with my pet, is because they are kind of wanting the agency to tell them whether or not the assignment allows it. Assignment has nothing to do with it. It's all about you and your housing. So any agency worth its way is going to tell you the exact same thing. We want you to travel with your pet, but do understand that traveling means options are limited as far as housing goes, which worries us as agencies because we want your overall experience to be high. I think traveling with a pet makes it high. However, there are things to consider like your housing. It is going to probably almost undoubtedly be less, which means all of a sudden now the quality of your assignment, while it's higher by having your cat or dog with you, it could be substantially less because of the quality of housing, which none of us want. We want you to have a good time. We want you to stay long, make the agency lots of money, make yourself lots of money. If you're miserable because your housing is horrible because you didn't have a lot of choices, that's going to affect your ability to want to stay and your, and your willingness to stay, to say the very least. Oftentimes, prices of apartments can be higher, let alone just talk about pet deposits, Oftentimes the rent is higher when you have a cat or a dog or multiple animals. They're going to charge you significantly or, or more, maybe not significantly more. You may as well forget about the pet deposit. It's going to almost undoubtedly be surrendered when you leave your assignment because they're going to figure out one way, shape, or form to somehow dock you for that. So consider that deposit instantly gone. But oftentimes the price you're going to pay is going to be higher if you take a, a, a cat or dog with you. I can speak from experience. That's just the way it kind of works. 
Let's talk about hotels for a minute because I think hotels is a great example of how if you're going to be living in a hotel, I almost would, would encourage you not to take a cat or dog. First of all, cats are probably not going to be allowed in most hotels. People have a stigma. I know your cat would never mark on any territory. I, I know it wouldn't. However, they do. Or if they don't, owners and managers of hotels and, and even Airbnbs make the assumptions that they will. So even though you have the best behaved cat in the world that would never dare to mark a territory, the owners are going to think that you are, that they will, which means you're probably not going to be able to be rented to. If you are looking at a, a hotel, here's what I'll say about dogs in hotels. They don't typically mesh very well. Everyone says, my dog is so well behaved that doesn't bark, doesn't do anything when I leave. I can attest to you that probably almost, I don't know what the percentage is, but very high. A very high percentage of people that rent hotels with a dog that swear their dog does not bark or, or you know is not upset or make noises when they're not there. It's incredibly high how many get complained and actually have to leave that place because they do. You don't really know how your dog behaves. I've spent nights in hotel rooms with dogs that haven't been in hotel rooms for a while, and they bark at every single noise that they hear that's unfamiliar to them. It's a new surrounding, it's a new area. So you go and leave, your dog's fine. A few minutes after you walk out the door, maybe even an hour after you walk out the door, you know, there's somebody, a neighbor doing something, somebody outside. Your dog is going bat you know what crazy inside that place and it's mayhem and everyone's going to start complaining which means you're not going to be allowed to stay there for the you know the duration of your assignment which means you've wasted money, deposit, time and you may have to go out and relook at hotels are I think the worst place to leave a, a cat or a dog when you go. I, I just I don't think it's a good idea and I would highly recommend if you find that the places that you're limited to are down to a hotel and you want to travel with your cat or dog, I would suggest otherwise. I just think it's a bad combination, a bad mix. A couple things to also consider, especially when it comes to traveling with a pet or pets. The more pets you travel with, the more limited you're going to be. One dog, one cat, you might be able to be okay with, depending upon the breed, we'll talk about in a second. You start talking about multiple, like with, with me, and it's it almost goes down to almost nothing. And that's something to consider. If you've got more than one dog, more than one cat, or a cat and a dog, yeah. we're starting to get in an area, and I know this episode starting to sound like why you shouldn't travel with a pet, but it's really something to think about. I mean, the average traveler with one animal, you guys are going to be fine. You start adding to that mix, it becomes more and more increasingly difficult, which is what I don't want you guys to do. I don't want you to lose happiness and earning potential as a traveler because of the decision that you've made to take a pet with you. I want you to take your pet with you, but you really have to be careful. I've got some suggestions at the end of the episode. I'll talk about it for sure. Let's talk about breed for a minute. I mentioned I've got boxers. Um, boxers typically are not considered a breed that people won't rent to. Some, I've seen it, some do. There are many breeds, fair or unfair, that places will not rent to. I'm talking pit bulls, I've seen German Shepherds, Dobermans, Bulldogs, Chows, Mastiffs. Dogs that people consider aggressive, people consider too large, too high strung, Greyhounds come to mind. Those are typically on a no pet policy. policy. Um, I've seen it and uh, it's, it's tough because I think it's unfair. I'll just throw it out there. I don't think there's a lot of difference between my dogs and a, a pit bull that's well-behaved. It just isn't. It is, it's all about the behavior of the dog. But for whatever reason, um, 
there are animals that are on those lists. So if you have a Rottweiler, if you have you know a, a dog I mentioned or some of the other ones that you guys know I'm talking about, you're going to have more difficulty because there is a stigma attached to them, which means even if you find places that allow pets, sometimes your pet will not be allowed. So also consider the breed of your of your you know dog primarily that's going to allow that uh, because it it makes a huge difference um it's gonna be just really disappointing i found a place you've got a great assignment you've got a place that takes pets and you find out oh it's it's a weight limit situation or it's a breed situation and you know that's the other thing is that obviously some places only take dogs up to a certain weight so it can be a, a big issue cats um <laughs> Cats just oftentimes, like I said earlier, with, with the marking thing, they're just oftentimes not allowed at all, which is really disappointing for cat owners because you know, you may be the greatest cat in the world, but there is stigmas, and some people just refuse to rent to cats because they've had bad experiences before. I don't know a lot about cats. I'm not a cat person, but I do know that it seems like cat urine tends to be more difficult to get out of a rental or a, a space, carpet primarily, than dog does. I, I don't. Dog urine does. I don't know why, but it seems to. And maybe I'm wrong on that, but it sure does seem that way. When you walk into a place that you know has had a cat pee on it, it's it's noticeably different. Not that dog pee is good or you know great or whatever, but it is a big difference in 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 smell. And I think that's the reason why you know people are so hesitant to rent to somebody that has a cat. You've got to consider all the you know a litter box. You know again, I know it's more convenient for you than taking a dog at all the time, but if you're actually having to, to take a litter box with you or buy one every time you go somewhere, you know, that, that's a lot of space that you don't, you don't have. It's another inconvenience. It's just one of those things to kind of think about. Here's why I want to make some suggestions. I think that if you are, and you guys know I'm a big fan of this, if you are an RVer, man, you, you got to take your pet with you. Now, all the things we just talked about, almost every reason not to is eliminated because you're in an RV, with the possible exception of your cat or I'm mean, sorry, your dog making a lot of noise when you leave. If you're in a space that's close to somebody else's and they they aren't doing well, but if you have an RVing dog, they're going to be pretty used to that. I think RVing and animals go hand in hand. It's the perfect combination, in my opinion, because it's exactly what it's meant for. You come back, you're in a, you're in an RV area. You've got the outdoors. You've got walks and adventure. You know, right in your backyard. And what better then one of your companions, again, I'm talking dogs here because cats don't usually typically go on hikes, but you've got your best buddy or one of your best buddies to be able to go on those hikes with you and go and, and experience that, that new surrounding, those new smells, those new everything that they love right right there every time you come home. I think it's, a, it's an amazing, amazing opportunity for you to increase the quality of your, in this case, your dog's life by taking them with you if you RV. I, I just think they go so well together. Uh, it's, it's almost like night and day, so... Um, let's go back to kind of how you handle this thing. The first thing I think you guys should do, if you're considering taking a pet with you, and those of you that are still using the recruiter model, I think if you're using the recruiter model, you should be letting your recruiter know instantly, hey, listen, I've got two boxers, and they travel with me, I swear by it. So let's start talking about assignments that are going to give me the best chance of finding suitable housing for my boxers, which means I don't really want itty-bitty tiny hospitals in itty-bitty towns. We'll start off with saying that right now. I'm kind of pausing because I feel like it's the wind's blowing on this mic. I'm going to look at bigger cities. I'm going to look at cities that have some outlying areas, maybe suburbs, that could lend themselves for me being able to take a pet with me. If I can do that, I'm good. 
Um, but I think it's really important that your agency knows because recruiters, as you guys know, are salespeople. They're going to throw everything at you. They want you to book the assignment so they start making commission. That's what they want. They're going to, and I've seen this almost undoubtedly, they're going to put the pet thing aside because they're going to handle that later. Let's get this person booked. Let me start you know, making sure I've got I'm hitting my numbers or I'm going to make that commission. Once I do, then I'll deal with the pet thing. And I've seen recruiters put that behind them all they care about is the booking and then they handle the the pet and they go oh gosh now i've kind of got this person committed to this assignment and they can't find any housing and they're discouraged and that's just the way recruiters think sometimes they aren't sitting there looking at what is going to be the best fit for this person they want bookings and again not every recruiter but most do right they're gonna look at that first if you're using a recruiterless model whether you're looking at you know more and more options are coming out which is why i'm so excited about where this industry is headed and like i said this a year and a half ago then you've got to be the one that kind of puts those filters and those, um, I guess, variables onto where it is that you're looking for. Don't just start clicking and looking at the assignments that are the highest paying. Really put some thought behind it, more so than about cost of living like we've talked about here on Travel Evolve. Now you've got another variable that you really have to kind of think about. I, I do RV, so I need to start looking at RV availability because that's a big one for those of you guys that RV. You may find the perfect assignment, has all kinds of options, but it's a really popular RV destination, and you go to start booking your lot, they're all taken up for months and months and months in advance. That's a real thing. So another variable, another thing for you to consider, which means you have to probably make yourself more marketable and get more offers and really start looking around at where you can either find a place to rent for your cat or dog or a place to park if you're an RVer. It's just another variable that you have to be the person that puts those filters on if you're going the recruiterless model. We'll talk about that at the end of the at the end of, end of the episode as well. So kind of think about that. You have to let your recruiter know and don't try to get by <laughs> renting a place and not letting the owner or you know the manager of that whatever it is, Airbnb or, or apartment not, you know, get away without having a cat or dog. It's gonna bite you in the end and you're gonna end up having to Find a new place, and it's going to cost you a lot more headache than if you just were to, you know, have either passed on the assignment or really put more effort into finding a place that, that made sense for you. Um, I don't know. The last thing I want to say about pets, because I, I wanted to kind of cruise this, I want to talk a little bit about just the the, the uh, overall industry and what's kind of happening right now at the end of this episode. But one of the things to think about is, and I, I think I feel like I've said this more than I haven't on this episode, but not traveling with a pet can also be a really great choice for you, for the pet, for the facility themselves. It might be one of the best things to do. Research, 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 man. Think about where it is you're going. Don't just accept the assignment. If you get an offer and you interview, the first thing you should do in the handphone, besides letting you know your, your agency know that you've got the offer, is start looking at some options to decide whether or not you're going to accept it. Please don't accept the assignment and then Figure out how you're going to you know, deal with a pet that you always have to take with you, let's say. If you're single and this is just what it is, or you, you RV and this is just the way it goes, or you just made the decision you're always going to travel with your pet, you really need to make sure that you really have done the research to make sure this is a great fit for you and your pet before you take that assignment. Um, the facility is going to get upset with you if you can't finish the assignment or if you accept an offer. And we've talked about, you know, being blackballed. We've talked about, you know, being coming a do not use or do not return. Those are things that are important. You don't want to start accepting jobs and continually turning them down after you've already accepted them because you can't find appropriate housing. It makes no sense whatsoever. So you got to research that. You don't want to be 
losing options with agencies and facilities or systems because you're constantly making a bad decision as to where you want to go with, uh, you know, with, with or how you want to accept an assignment. Think about it a lot. And same thing with agencies. An agency is not going to put up with it. If, they're, if you're constantly turning things down because you're, you have a breed or certain variables that we talked about during this assignment that make it difficult for you to find the appropriate housing, recruiters for sure are going to start pushing you down on their list of priorities. And we've talked about this a lot on how they think. They're going to start saying, this, you know, this guy, Mark, he's definitely more and more difficult. So I'm not going to spend the effort because it's not going to make me commission as easily as somebody who's not. And if you're using the recruiter list model, you've got to be the ones really starting to think about that uh, yourself. So I personally think that traveling with a pet far outweighs the, the good, far outweighs the bad. That's my personal opinion. I'm sure that there are certain situations where that's not always going to be the case, where it just doesn't make sense. So anyway, let's talk a little bit before I end the episode about the current state of, of, of things. I want to mention this. What I'm loving about the industry right now is I'm seeing more and more options for travelers that are a different model of how to be booked and how to book and how to find assignments, how to how not only to find assignments, but how to get them. There are hospitals now that are bidding directly to travelers. I think that's good. Now, you got to really research that sort of thing because are they paying you weekly? Are they, is it going to be the same sort of things? What What is... Can they fire you quite quite as fast? There are there are downsides to all things as there are with anything else. But I love the fact that more and more options are becoming available for travelers that don't include the age-old recruiter model. And I said this a long time ago. I, I and I think the more time that goes by, the smarter I'm looking. The more the more lucky I got with my prediction. I don't know, but I said in 2020. I guess I said by the time we were in 2028, I said five years from now, this is right the first of the year. So December and January of 2028, I said there would probably not be very many companies with recruiters, and I'm going to stand by that. I think it may not even take that long, but I will be shocked if in four and a half years from now or less than five years from now, if people are still using recruiters to uh, communicate positions and to communicate pay rates and to again sell you on taking one position over the other it just seems more and more that the industry is begging and starving for some other options and there always seems to be a financial uh positivity for that you know as well as should be i'm I'm more and more companies need to do that i see a lot of them where hey we just use our recruitment model but we're not going to pay any differently we just want you to go to work for us faster i guess for lack of a better word there should be a very substantial financial benefit for whatever, and again, I'm talking about all these different things, not just an app. But there also should be a speed of communication that is way more efficient, a lot more effective, that should also be making you more money, because that's part of it. We talk about this a lot, and I don't know if I say it very clearly, but opportunity cost means how much time and money you're wasting by waiting for communication, if that makes sense. Recruiters are human. Oftentimes they're great humans, they're wonderful humans, but they are human, which means they have a limit to the amount of communication they can give to an individual at any given point. They're, they have all kinds of balls up in the air. These apps like NextGen MedStaffs, like other companies, the sites where you can go to compare agencies, the avenues in which you can be bid upon, all these different ways that people are figuring out how to 
staff and how to become a traveler and how to be how to attract travelers all are more efficient and way more effective and you're not wasting the time and again i've told you that my in my humble um I guess the, I've, been, I've been humbled by the fact that I really thought when we created a recruiterless app that it would always be about the money. Money's going to be, and it's, it's important, especially when the pandemic was high. The bigger the bill rate, the bigger difference in what we were able to pay over somebody else showed up. In other words, if you've got a $200 bill rate, that's twice as much margin that goes to the traveler as a $100 bill rate, which means the margins percentage is still the same, but it's twice as much money which really showed up very clearly in the during the, the higher bill rate periods. As bill rates have kind of come down, and, and again, I think they've leveled off to being, like I said many, many years ago, they were going to be much higher, 15 20% higher than what they used to be. That's still a significant factor, and I, I still stand by the fact that it's an important aspect of, of working with like an app like ours is that you're going to see higher pay. Does it look crazy high when you're comparing to? No, but if you actually do the math and multiply those grosses out by 13 weeks, and take that by four assignments, you know, 13 and four times that a year, it's significant. It's $10,000, $12,000 a year, which is $1,000 a month difference in gross income. What I've learned and what's kind of humbled me a bit is I do believe those opportunity costs, in other words, the efficiency and the effectiveness of the communication of apps is almost a bigger asset and a bigger selling feature, if you will, or a bigger reason why you should be using an app than even the pay. Pay is almost like like icing on the cake. It pays higher. But you're not waiting around for someone to hopefully remember and hopefully be organized that you want this job. And as you change your opinion and your mind about where you want to go and what you're willing to, be, to go there for daily, if not hourly, an app or a, a, a technical tool like an app or a website moves as fast as you do and if it's instant like you know our app updates every five minutes every job openings closings on hold what's what's available what's not available every five minutes 24 hours a day seven days a week that's significant you'll never miss an opportunity to at least look at a position whether it's right for you or not you also make your own decisions so I just, I'm just excited like I said I told you guys this and I was used to be a lot more protective about what I'm doing because a I didn't want a bunch of people knowing because I really wanted to get the product developed we're there now I don't care who knows I know how difficult it is to create these kind of apps and and to have them work effectively and be good I love everything about our model I love its transparency I love the fact that we don't ask for paperwork you can see everything literally right there without having to, to look at everything and and you know, I realize that right now we don't have every, every job in the country, but as time goes by, we're getting more and more of those, and we're going to keep giving our travelers and people that are using our next-gen MedStep app more and more options. But I love seeing the industry itself starting to... There are entrepreneurs out there who are looking at ways to, let's be honest, make money, capture market share differently. And I think everyone is on the same page, at least from our side of the desk, that this is necessary. Now travelers are starting to go, you know, this does kind of make sense. More and more times I talk to travelers, they're starting to get that there are other options out there. And I think we're on the cusp of it going, okay, here we go. And I think that's where if you're a recruiter, you need to be careful with your, your career. There are so many wonderful ways you can still stay in this industry, still help, still be part of a, a business that you know. But I would be very careful with hanging your hat on a long-term, here comes the wind, a long-term recruiter career. 
I just don't believe it's there. And I'm kind of giving you my warning that you may want to look at something else because I think it's coming. I think you travelers are realizing that there's some better choices out there for so many more different reasons. And I do believe it's the communication piece that's becoming more and more valuable, so to speak. Guys, I hope this episode was audible. <laughs> you could hear it. I apologize for the wind. I apologize about everything, but I just, I just think it's awesome here. So I'm going to do a couple more if this worked out well from here. Try to do it maybe early in the morning, later in the evening where the wind isn't so high. Guys, I appreciate you immensely for subscribing and for, uh, for watching us on YouTube, for watching us on our podcast. Guys, I appreciate you so much. I'll catch you next time on Travel Evolved.